Welcome to Verging on Greatness, a podcast about films that verge on greatness, but mostly just wallow in mediocrity, with your hosts, Mike Porkfeld and Craig Cerventi. Right. Did we Good evening. Good morning. Hello. Hello. Good afternoon. Kia ora. Ngā mihi o te ahi ahi. That's a new thing I learned for Māori Language Week, te wiki o te reo Māori. It's greetings of the afternoon. Um, oh, sh- Jeez, check you out. Yeah. I'll, yeah. I'll just say g'day. g'day. <laughs> so I'm Mike. Uh, this is my friend Craig. Hello. This is a podcast called Verging on Greatness. It is a podcast where we talk about movies that seem like they're great. They seem like they've got everything going, but there's just something that's not quite there. Something that's yeah. holding them back. Something that could have been done a little better, maybe. Yeah, yeah. We try and pick mm. them apart, and we try and try and identify what it is, where did where did it go wrong, and how would you change it in order yeah. to in order to give it that that little punch to get it get it into get it into the realm of greatness into greatness to, territory to be a true classic. Yeah, get it from get it from the middle of the road, get it right off to the or, edge, right off to the the greatness of the the footpath. Hmm. Or sometimes we just start with a great film and just admit straight up it's a good movie. So yeah, and this is actually sometimes. so. This is the this is the second movie we've done. Was Shakespeare, was Shakespeare in Love the last one we did? Yeah, I think it was actually. Yeah. Yeah. This so is just another, to give you a timeline. Yeah. This is another, we're recording this after. <laughs> this is another movie that got uh, a, a lot of plaudits. Um, what did you What did you say? Best original screenplay at the Oscars. It won best original screenplay. It was nominated for four Oscars, including best picture and best actor. So. Um, it's lost in translation. Um, two thousand and three. Two thousand three. Translation. Sophia, directed by Sophia Coppola. Coppola, starring Bill Murray and Scarlett Johansson. Um, and Scarlett Johansson in, opens the film. <laughs> opens the film memorably um, with her bum. Yeah. <laughs> uh, features features quite a bit throughout the movie. Um, yes. Yeah, yeah. That camera is firmly fixated on on her rump. Yeah, so, you, yeah. you can't mm. really you, you can't really talk about this movie without it. I don't think, and that's we decided to we just go with the bum right up front. Um, <laughs> well, the film sure, sure the film sure does. So, yeah. The film does. So we thought, why not do yeah. why not do the same? Um, so, uh, Scarlett, you said you said uh, she, she was eighteen when this movie was shot. She was eighteen when this movie was shot. Yeah, nineteen. She was offered. A, on she was offered it when she was seventeen. She she apparently accepted it immediately, and then um, yeah, eighteen when it was shot, and nineteen when it was released. So a very young Scarlett Johansson hadn't hadn't done a lot of hadn't done a lot of big work. Uh, not not what you'd call a, a household name. I mean, I think this this is the movie that made her made her a household name. Oh, made her made her a star one one million percent. Like I think the film that she did immediately preceding this was. Um, uh, eight-legged freaks, which uh, started the started its film title as Iraq Attack, but they thought it was a little close to Iraq Attack, <laughs> um, <laughs> so they changed it to Iraq Attack. Um, incidentally, um, this was my first introduction to Scarlett Johansson, but I the name Scarlett Johansson became known to me from uh, Eight-Legged Freaks because I used to bum around on a website called AinItCoolNews.com, uh, which is an old movie gossip website. And um, the I remember reading an article about Lost in Translation. No, about Iraq Attack having cast Scarlett Johansson in it as a minor role. And I think it was Harry Knowles. I could be wrong, but he was the guy who ran that site. Um, he gushed and gushed and gushed and gushed about Scarlett Johansson. 
having a shower scene in um, uh, Eight-Legged Freaks. Right. And that's when I was like, okay, so Scarlett Johansson equals pretty. Very right. good. All right, we can move forward now. So, yeah. There you go. That's, that was my first introduction to Scarlett Johansson. Having said that, From... <laughs> and, and bearing in mind you've just said you want to move forward, I do think, I do think it's a really a, a key thing that you've got, to, you, you, you've got to highlight in this movie that she, the casting... Both of both of the leads, Scarlett Johansson mm. and Bill Murray, the casting of both of them is a is a, is a really tricky sticking point for me. I it think. is for me, yeah, for me too. Um, yeah. Not only uh, we'll, we'll talk about them together in a bit, but separately. Um, so Scarlett Johansson's character, so she's a character's older than older than she is. She's a, a Yale graduate in, graduate. in philosophy. Um, yeah. So that's so so in terms of the film, she's got to be at least. 22 23 right yeah 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 and and she's experiencing uh a, a fair degree of existential crisis ex- existential malaise she's on uh, on holiday in in tokyo with her photographer husband yeah well um, holiday he's working so he's over he's there working. shooting shooting some band right and um following a band on tour around and she got to come with and yeah. she's she's effectively s- on holiday but he's working so that yeah she's and she's on holiday from nothing like she she phrases it as i wasn't doing anything else so why not so i came um so straight away uh she is uh beautiful uh young privileged educated and struggling having a hard time (laughs) um and oh which, woe was me <laughs> you know and, and it's not it's not that it's not that people in that situation can't feel all of those things but you don't necessarily want to watch an entire movie of them wandering around yeah. like that and the, i think this the scene the scene that i've i found that, that it's the hardest and this is the second time i watched it uh where so there's yeah, there's it's a only scene, the second time i've watched it too i think yeah since it came out so there's a there's a scene where she and her husband what's the husband's name what's giovanni rabisi's name john she john and, she and john are in the hotel lobby um and he comes across a famous actress um anna faris anna faris um played by anna faris yeah yeah um he comes across her and she's she gushes in in kind of hollywood style style and he he doesn't. He's, he doesn't rush to introduce um, Charlotte. It's the wife. That's yeah. Scarlett's um, character's name. He doesn't rush to introduce her, and she's kind of standing off to the side, feeling awkward, and you, and looking fairly awkward. <laughs> and the, yeah, and the, the the purpose of the scene is obviously to put to put her in relief against against this beautiful Hollywood actress, and for her to feel uncomfortable that her husband is entranced by this beautiful Hollywood actress, but she is beautifuler than the beautiful yeah. hollywood actress it's scarlett johansson and she's in and she's in you know she's, she's not all she's not in fancy makeup she's just in in loose pants uh just, they go out of their way to make scarlett johansson yeah. dowdy and, and they she, give and, her a a limp haircut and I, and at most points she doesn't seem to be wearing much if any makeup or at least the intended design of the makeup is to yeah. show her in very very little they, they make a song and a dance of her putting some lip gloss on at one point but she's um, still considerably yeah. more beautiful than anybody else at any point in the oh film. yeah yeah she makes everybody else in the room feel fat and dumpy yeah so yeah so it's yeah. it's 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 hard it makes it really difficult to 
to buy into her character. And and, and I, I say this, her performance is absolutely exceptional. She is outstanding. Oh, yeah, she's great. Yeah, great performance. She, she is good, r- good performances all around. I mean, Bill oh, Murray sure. even turns in a, a decent performance. Bill Murray. Bill, I'm going to mug at the camera, Murray. And I think, so, um, I th- I think the thing, and, the, and, there's a, uh, and I think this is one of the things that, that led to the film being so wildly popular, is it is, it is Sofia Coppola directs this for performance the script has a lot of empty space there are a lot of quiet moments she really gives them the room to breathe and to perform and she trusts the these two she trusts these two leads and they deliver impeccably they are, they are mm. absolutely outstanding in their roles they mm. are just the, the, the but but i think the the casting of those particular people just makes it hard it's, to, it's hard for you makes it hard yeah. to hard to engage with them yeah i i agree um and I maybe mean, that's a, maybe that's a second watch thing maybe it's because I, mean, I i remember enjoying this very much on the first watch thinking it was excellent. i didn't i i mean besides the fact that it's got great performances and and great casting and well the casting in and of itself is good like bill murray is good anna faris is good scarlett johansson is good Giovanni Ribisi, who uh, Ribisi, who you never see his face. He's always covered by glasses, which is kind of funny. Um, all those elements are good, but I think just in terms of the in context of the story, like you're right, the casting is just off overall. This is an objectively good film, but I, I, I look at it now, yeah. and and I remember watching it at the time, thinking I don't really like this movie <laughs> for reasons I don't quite understand. And just while while we talk about it, we just we're gonna get this. We we touched on it at the start, but it's another another thing that's just kind of odd. And on on the second on on the second watch, it, it stands out as is the the. And I don't know who made this character decision, whether it's Scarlett or um, Sophia, Sophia or both of them together. But the fact that she spends about Charlotte spends about half of the movie not wearing any pants. Is, yeah, is a little is a little odd um it is a bit so, like i so mean when she's when certainly she's, that when she's in her anytime she's in her hotel room which is for about, by herself for about yep. half of the movie or with her yep. husband or with john she is she is just in she is just in translucent pink, underwear pink underwear yeah um and and she does spend a lot of the movie kind of a lot of those scenes she is seated staring wistfully out over the over the this, the beautiful room from this hotel room with her, her legs pulled up, yeah, pulled up, showing so, off, showing off some legs. So it's a yeah. good. It's I mean it's it's a it's a good it's a, a pose that reflects reflection. It reflects you know introspection, um, but it's also a, a pose that reflects uh, a certain gaze. Which yeah. and I, I don't know where um, that. Uh, it's hard to say where a that male comes gaze. from. You would say a male gaze. <laughs> Yeah, because she's definitely framed and shot in, the, in many of those scenes to be very pretty and and very um, pleasing to the eye. Oh, it's almost and it's almost music video esque. The scene, where yeah, she's, a little bit. She's um, climbing on the bed. She's hanging up. Uh, what do you call it? The, it's not origami. It's um, uh, the cherry blossoms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, very early two thousands um, music video. You could almost. You'd almost see this be like, you know, a Kinks video or, or um, a Killers, an early Killers video. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's so, very bizarre. So I, don't, so I don't know where that comes from. It is, it is in, a, in a certain way, you, you can almost imagine 
that as a, 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 a for a young actress she's got potential for a really huge career she's turning in an absolutely outstanding performance you can almost imagine that decision being made as a this is a way to this is making you bankable you are delivering a mm. performance that is 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 demonstrating your chops yep. it is demonstrating you are a serious actress you have genuine um genuine thespian talent um but for hollywood to really take notice of you to to really bank you a career in hollywood for the next 20 years this is the this is the one this is the bit that's going to do it it's going to push you yeah well i think so sophia coppola um had turned out the virgin suicides a couple of years earlier so yeah so i I think from a from a from an actor point of view if sophia coppola wants you to be in her her next film after turning out the virgin suicides Mm. i mean that's a that's a slam dunk right you'd say yes absolutely straight away it's not a great it's not a great reflection on hollywood thinking of that as the the reason why they made that decision but i really can't think of anything else it's it's like just some kind of pajama shorts loose pajama shorts something like that yeah i mean anything else really i mean i mean i've been on holiday plenty and me personally i don't go running around in my underwear in a hotel room but you know that's not to kink shame anyone or or to shame anyone who else who does uh, i'm i'm not comfortable doing that you might be but you you strike me as the kind of guy who would run around in your underwear in a hotel room mike yeah but her again again to her to her character she's a i don't know she's a it philosophy doesn't, doesn't she's a philosophy student, student. It's, no, it's a weird it's this a, is the thing when we were watching it we were like how did her and john meet in the first place like explain that situation to us okay I, so, yeah I, th- I think that's really interesting i was wondering about this too um yeah and i, and I, I didn't want to harp on so much about the sexualization of it and i'm glad we got it out of the way because now we can I, I think i think we can we can say straight up on top um that there is some weird sexualization happening here that doesn't really fit in generally with the film we don't need to be shown repeated shots of her bum i guess to see that she is very pretty then mere moments later put her up against Anna Faris and then want us to feel like she feels threatened by Anna Faris. Yeah. Um, Anna Faris is in herself very pretty, um, but, you know, standing next to Scarlett Johansson, it's a little bit like comparing, you know, prime rib to chopped liver, I guess, but not to not to frame women as meat, but... You, 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 know, you, that... you did mention one, la- one last thing um, before we move on. The, the, first, the very first shot is, is homage. Oh, yeah, to John uh, Caseri. I think that's how you say his name. But he's a photorealism painter, and that's, that, that bum shot is, is exactly his, his cup of tea. That's the exact painting he paints and has painted his entire career. I think Sofia Coppola probably... If she hasn't said so, I mean, it's definitely an homage to that. It's one hundred percent what it is. Um, I was reading. I was trying to find out if like she had a particular thing for John Caseri, um, but there was some people. I was reading something about there was allusions to Bridget Bardot in a in a movie, uh, an Italian movie. But no, no, no. This is definitely an homage to John Caseri. Okay, so so you asked the question about how, what sort of how they met her and her and yeah the how, did, how did charlotte and john meet like well, I can explain only, that I meetup. Can, i can only imagine that he he was an art artistic artistic photographer and he has sold out and now to the man now photographs hollywood celebrities 
Yeah, and bands and in bands Japan. And Japan and and that's the, but that's how they met. That they met when you know she was she was studying. She was into the art arty scene and the intellectual scene. And that that he I think what they're pitching at is that he's he's taking the money. Um, and and that's that's part of her part of her malaise is is that she has seen this guy that she respected as an artist, and he's now shooting rock bands and, and movie stars. Um, yeah. And she's. Do you think? Yeah, maybe. She's seeking out. She, you know, she's so that's a. Um, you know, she's a decision point in her career. What am I going to do? Do I need to do something else? Do I need to? Yeah. Or, or can I? Can I be an artist? Or, or can I just be a leech? <laughs> maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I think ScarJo, you're going to be fine. <laughs> okay, so we're going to so we're going to talk about Bill Murray as well. So, yeah, so um, Bill Murray, friend of the podcast, Bill Murray, um, he, he he turns in a great performance here. I think this was like Bill Murray, re, re, uh, uh, how do you say, um, Renaissance. Um, so yeah, he, he's uh, yeah, done... it wasn't really. It was a real turning point for him for Bill Murray. As a, yeah, as as a, a open up a different different area. Yeah, because so in the late nineties, he um, he turns up rather unexpectedly in um, the movie Wild Things. Have you seen that? Oh yes, that's a Denise. Yeah, he's, he turns have up I, have really unexpected. Things. I, uh, you were a teenager I in was, the nineties, right? I was born in nineteen eighty-two. <laughs> I have seen Wild Things. I'm not. I'm not proud of this. I saw Wild Things at the cinema, um, <laughs> but he turns up out of the blue in that, right? So just like one yeah. moment, hey, there's a wild Bill Murray, and then he does a very Bill Murray thing. I remember him running off with a suitcase at one point, and um, like that, that was kind of funny. Just weird Bill Murray. And then um, he ne- the next time you see him um, is in a Wes Anderson film, um, oh, yeah. Rushmore. Oh, yeah, yeah, so yeah. he's in Rushmore, which is one of my favorite films. Um, and then he's in another Wes Anderson yeah. film. I think it was The Life Aquatic. Um, he's so in, he, he's, he plays in, he's the, in all of them, isn't he? He's in Tenenbaums. Yeah, just about Tenenbaums. Yeah, yeah, I think he is. Um, often the best thing about everything he's in is Bill Murray. Um but yeah, and so he turns up in this. So this was a real Bill Murray renaissance. Um, so, so they were also. I mean, so this is two thousand three. So this would have been before Life Aquatics. Must have been after Ten and Bounds. I think Ten and Bounds would have been earlier than this. Oh, uh, do you think? I think so. Uh, that, that would make sense. Which can you know? You know you... what this was after? This was after uh, Godfather Part Three, and that had Sofia Coppola acting in it. And it's a it's a miracle it's a wonder to me that she can turn out such good performances <laughs> in others, having seen Godfather Part Three. So you you look up you look up Tenenbaums. Um, so I think he's so he brings a, he brings a real uh, you know a sweetness and a seriousness to his character and his interactions with um, with Charlotte. So his character's name is Bob. He's um, He's an actor. Uh, he's also he's also struggling with uh, your art versus money. So he is um, in Tokyo to shoot a promotional bump for Suntory um, whiskey yep. whiskey company. Um, yeah, yep. And he he does you know he complains about having to do that where he could be could be back home doing a play 
or, or doing a movie. So he's having to, he's having to, he's having to sell out as well. So he's facing that same, facing that same balance in a slightly different way. He's, Although, he's getting paid $2 million to, to, to hawk whiskey. And the good news is the whiskey works. So, yes. Um, uh, is it, is it also, yeah, he gets to play his, uh, his comic part uh, uh, in almost all of his scenes certainly for the first half of the movie before his scenes with charlotte really start to kick off before mm-hmm. the before the scene where they go out you know he's really yeah he's, the night on the town the night before the night on the town he's really playing he's playing the the comic card in almost standard, in almost all standard of his murray yeah. yeah 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 short and sweet just like the japanese um it was a line that i remembered i had to go back and watch that again <laughs> he says that so he turns up and they're presenting him with the gifts um, and we'll we'll talk about some of the the racial the racial implications a little bit later but um he he's getting given all the cards and then they're going oh we'll take you to your room now and he says oh is that it we're done short and sweet just like the japanese um so uh, that that's the line he says, um, and that really felt like a off the cuff, yeah, <laughs> Bill Murray esque line. So, um, yeah. yeah, I think I suspect I suspect many of Bill Murray's lines were say something funny, yeah. Uh, so there's a lot of or be awkward. There's a lot of wisecracking. <laughs> there's a lot of there's some physical comedy. Um, you know where he's on the scene of him on an exercise machine. Oh yes, yes, um, calling for help. <laughs> um, there's a. Uh, probably the most memorable scene funniest scene in the whole movie is the movie where he's he's shooting the commercial and the director's telling him a bunch of stuff in japanese and they, they <laughs> do that do that that classic bit where they uh the interpreter just gives him like two sentences <laughs> the director's given him an impassioned speech. yeah director's given him a, given him a good 90 seconds of of direction and the translator is that it translator gives him two sentences um which is which is a fantastic scene and i tell you the thing i really like about that scene is this is something um a a plug one of the one of my favorite things watching this movie again was that that scene is played for laughs and it virtually opens the scene it's about it's about nine minutes in uh you know and it's it's hysterical um the exact same scene plays out without comedy at in a later scene where uh, Bob and Charlotte are at the hotel uh, at the hospital, Bob's taking Charlotte to the hospital. Oh yes, get something get something done to her foot, and they play. She breaks her toe. They play yeah. that exact exchange out several times, where where it's it's people talking to them as if they can understand, and and they're just kind of staring, and and, and mm. it, it really it, it gives you that because it's kind of a a, a throwback. You know, it's it's a callback to that earlier scene, but it's not played for laughs, and it really it really gives you. It's I think it, I think it's one of the best scenes in the film for really creating that sense of isolation more so than the more so than the scenes where they are actually literally wandering around on their own. Mm. That one scene where they're at the hospital and that that feeling of people speaking to you and not really caring that you don't understand. Or, or well, that's just. That's just every hospital, no matter the language, isn't it? <laughs> Take these pills, get out. So, uh, yeah, so um, Bill Murray, considerably older than than Scarlett Johansson. So even if... Even but, yeah, in real he, terms, he's... what well, We worked out that he was 53 when this f- film was yeah. made. He's born in 1950. 
and this is 2003, so my math says he's 53. And um, no, no offense to Bill Murray, but boy, he put on some city miles. Like, cause <laughs> <laughs> he was he was clearly living. Um, because if you think how old George Clooney's got to be now, George Clooney's got to be the same age, if not same age, maybe a little younger. And I guess that's... George Clooney is is a fine, fine bottle of wine. And but he's it... clearly taking care of himself. But in a way, that's 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 another kind of. Uh, directorial decision to have to not to have a uh, uh, an older male who, who needs to be an older male for for the kind of mentorship uh, fathery figure that he provides. So they deliberately walk the line between father figure and and and, and, li- romantic, and, interest. and romantic interest, but not have him not have him be handsome in any way. Not have not have to your point a Clooney or you know a Silver Fox. In, in that role i watched this movie yesterday with with my wife and her friend so it was me and, and two women and the first thing so uh we still have to do a ghostbusters watching with my wife because she's never seen them oh yeah um or she hadn't seen them until recently but um and she saw them in the wrong order she saw the new one and then the 84 one um but the first thing she says whenever she says sees bill murray is how is this guy a leading man because he is not handsome at all. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I think that's an interesting point to make. She does, she does acknowledge that he has a certain degree of charm and charisma to him. Yeah. Having seen him in a few things now. Um, but she, she, right. I don't think anyone anywhere is going to accuse Bill Murray of being a, a, an oil painting of a person. Yeah. He's, he's definitely not. Um, but the, the, the issue that they had with Scarlett Johansson and Bill Murray was, um, both of them noted that he is not attractive. What the fuck does she see in him? Um, because uh, that, that it plays as father and daughter, not as not as potential love interest in any way. So I, I thought that was interesting that the that the girls in the room didn't see the appeal, but you know I see the appeal. He's Bill Murray. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I'd sure. Hang out with it's them, it's but. yeah, it's it's an interesting decision. It's not necessarily something that it's not necessarily a problem with the movie because uh, no, no, not at all. But yeah, uh, the the first thing that I said was like, would this film play better for you if um, if Bill Murray was somebody else? Um, so you don't like you say you don't want a silver fox like George Clooney because he's probably going to be a, he's probably going to be an attractive eighty year old. Um, but what about what about like Bruce Willis? So Bruce Willis is about that mm-hmm. age. Um, Bruce Willis um, is an action star, which I think I'm not quite sure what kind of movies that um, Bill Murray was making in this world. Bob Harris, I think his name was the yeah. character's name. I don't, I don't know what kind of movies he was meant to be making. Um, we get a short clip of him with, an, with a, a chimpanzee dressed up as a police officer. Yeah. He's watching what movie is his. So I don't, I don't know what kind of films he was making, but they seem silly kind of films. But um Maybe a Bruce Willis because Bruce Willis can do that comedy. He can also do that. He can also, but he's also not an unattractive person as well. So maybe that. Yep. Also turns up and turns up in West Anderson West Anderson movies from time to time. Yeah, he does. Does he? Does he? Well, West Anderson. Surely he has. He's in the he's in the Scout one. I forget what it's called. Oh, um, I know the one you're talking about. Yeah. Can't remember the name of it right now. <laughs> so Bob's, so Bob's, his, his marriage is in crisis. Both of their, both of their marriages are in crisis, I guess. Uh, yeah. So Bob's, Bob's, the, the crisis of Bob's marriage takes the form of his wife, FedExing and faxing him, 
crap to do with the home renovation that she is running from their home um and and kind of pressing him in in an irritating way to get his opinions on this rubbish which is seemingly the only thing that they really have to talk about talk about to communicate over they do have kids i think plural um i forget what age yeah kind of teenage i think they'd be older right maybe older there's there's a certain empty nest uh element there um what else what else about uh what else about bill murray um he's bill murray (laughs) (laughs) what else do you need to know he's bill fucking murray he does stuff um I thought it was interesting, like, it's probably not so much to do with the film, but um, it kind of is, but he doesn't, Bill Murray famously doesn't have management or an agent or anything yeah. like that. So um, I was reading about the making of this film and, and Sofia Coppola uh, hounded him for six months to a year about being in this film. She wrote the part with Bill Murray in mind. It was always going to be Bill Murray. There was no auditions, yeah, um, nothing like that. And... Um, she eventually got him to agree to have dinner or a meeting with her. And then he verbally agreed to do the film. She set a date um, and said, it's going to be in Japan. You need to be here at this time to start filming. And he, um, he said, yeah, I'll be there. And so they went ahead with production. They were setting up in Japan, getting ready to shoot. She was getting super nervous about whether Bill Murray was going to turn up because he had said he was going to show, but you know, they, had gotten no further um, no further confirmation from him or he didn't right. have a management or anything. And uh, so she's getting super nervous. And, and so she ends up calling Wes Anderson, who had worked with him a couple of times right. by this point. You're right. I had a look. He was in Royal Tenen- Tenenbaums before this. And Wes Anderson was like, oh, well, did he say he was going to show up? And she says, yes. And Wes says, yeah, then he'll show up. That's what he does. And then sure enough, a week before filming was set to start, uh, Bill Murray turns up and he's ready to go. He's... He knows his six lines that he's not improvising. (laughs) (laughs) For fun times, it's Suntory times. (laughs) But yeah, Bill Murray in this is... uh, I I get why they gave him an Oscar nomination too. He's Bill Murray at this point. You're really not giving him an Oscar nomination for this film. You're giving him an Oscar nomination for all the other films he's done and the the body of work he'll he'll be leaving behind that will be... uh, You'll be unable to separate cinema from Bill Murray, I'm sure. Um, But... Yeah, I don't think I don't think you're likely to see Bill Murray get an Oscar nomination for anything ever again. So yeah, apparently this was his favorite film. Is his favorite film really? Yeah, of this of the films he's done, this is his favorite film. Hmm. Yeah, so should we talk about should we talk about the story or should we talk about racism? <laughs> well, let's talk about both at the same time. <laughs> so um, obviously this film's set in Japan, and uh, we we start up by. We start up fairly innocuous, um, innocuously. We um, we get introduced to Scarlett, and she's um, obviously not having a good time. And then we also get introduced to to Bill, um, I, and he's obviously not having a good time. And then they immediately start with the like the the cultural fish out of water stuff. So yeah. Bill Murray turns up, and I think one of the very first shots you get is of Bill Murray in an elevator, being literally a head taller than everybody else in the elevator. Yeah. So yeah. So we're already setting up that cultural difference right there yeah there's a there's um, a, another another one of those early ones is him in the shower and the shower and he comes up to kind of oh up to his chest his height chest which, height which as, um, as a six foot four man is, is actually not that uncommon wherever i go 
Right. Yeah. Well, you're just too tall, Mike. That's, <laughs> that's not. That's not the world's problem. That's your problem. But yeah, get I'm... yourself cut off at the shins. <laughs> Um, so yeah, you have the ad shoot. It's it's interesting that the signs that you get that Charlotte is actually having a bad time. There's there's a scene where she can't sleep. So sleeplessness is another is another is, is a another common theme. theme in this. They, um, they're both suffering from insomnia yeah. from jet lag. Yeah. So she can't sleep, and John, her husband, is snoring. Uh, oh yeah, and and that's kind that's of right. that's kind of the the first incline, first sign that you get that that. Uh, that's meant to encompass all sorts of kind of existential problems. My husband is sound asleep. He's sleeping the sleeping the sleep of the ignorant. <laughs> why can why He's sleeping he, like a baby? Why couldn't he be feeling ennui like me? <laughs> and then later on, later on, not to I'm being a being a bit mean to this movie. Later on, um, you, you discover that her marriage is in crisis because she is talking on the phone to who knows and um presumably a, a mother or a parent or or best friend back home right because they they tell her more or less to to stop talking and go away don't they essentially yeah so she's yeah. she's um pouring it pouring a heart out on the phone to a, a, a disembodied character um and it's it's kind of a kind of a lazy way to make the point how how am i going to make how am i going to make my audience know that my my character is um you know, and unhappy is unhappy is in crisis. I'll get them on the phone to a character that you never see or hear from hear from again, and I'll get them to say yeah. how exactly how they're feeling. I was <laughs> I was in you know I was in a I was in a thing I was in a temple and I didn't feel anything. <laughs> uh, uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, and yeah. Expositional friend on the phone. Yeah, and then they get and then she gets she gets brushed off. Um, yeah. So it's. It's, I don't have time for this. It's, a, it's yeah. a, a bit harsh to criticize it, but it's a little bit a little bit lazy, really. Yeah, uh, as filmmaking goes. Um, uh, more comedy from more comedy from Bob. So he gets a, a call girl um, sent to. Well, he doesn't get one. Room. One one is sent no, to him. Yeah, so I, I don't think he calls. No, he doesn't call. Her, her. He doesn't. She's, she's. It's a surprise. Yeah, and then she wants him to lip his stocking, and he he keeps going lip lip. Um, and eventually they work out that what she's trying to say is rip. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's like, okay, cool. We get it. We get it. Hollywood. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. And there's this, there's um, this kind of physical comedy where, where she's trying to engage some sort of rape fantasy. Yeah. 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 Which yeah. He's just not particularly into. <laughs> he's not having a bar of it, but he doesn't send her away either. So I mean, straight up from the straight up, you you like you want to be sympathetic towards this guy, but like I guess if you're trying to set him up as a sympathetic character, that you feel like you want your your two protagonists to hit it off later in the film, that you kind of want him to at least take some kind of moral high ground and not just throw himself at the first first woman that comes along, right? Yeah. So, and 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 he he doesn't send her away. Like I'm sorry, there must be some sort of mistake. Um, I, I asked to be alone and then, and then promptly see her to the door. Mm. No, he engages in it. He's, he's having some part in it. He just doesn't buy into the fantasy of it. I think. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it is still as with the, as with the, the ad shoot, it's again, very funny. Oh yeah. It's a great scene. scene. It's a very funny scene. It's a very, and he falls over and takes out the lamp. I'm pretty sure that was unscripted. But, <laughs> um, <laughs> it was pretty good. Yeah. So uh, not long after that, um, they Bob and Charlotte actually meet. 
uh, they bond over their scorn of the lounge singer who is singing and singing in this bar which again is not a great way to endear you to these two characters yeah you're really getting the really getting the sense that they're really quite snobbish quite smug quite smug quite superior um yep it's yeah it's and i guess they've, they've already won you over to a degree in the way that they need to you know that bob bob's made you laugh um charlotte has charlotte's drawn you into the 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 her ennui um and and so they've already kind of won you over where uh, i don't know if it was told in a slightly different way and and when you think of it's it's one of these things where when you think about it you go man these two are really dicks but they've kind of already <laughs> they've kind of already won you over i guess i mean i suppose you're meant to like them despite all their flaws right i i guess I guess the filmmaker or, or, or someone could argue, or just anyone could argue that um, that they're human and that they are terribly flawed individuals and that's what the human condition is. We're all horribly flawed people and we all are, when you boil it down, just downright awful at times in our lives. So, not you, Mike, you're a saint. But, um, <laughs> uh, St. Michael, uh, but I think anyone who knows me will, will know that, you know, I've got, I, I have my character flaws too. And one of them is being devilishly handsome. So, you know, it's, it's a curse. I I agree with everything you're saying there, Craig. That's, <laughs> <laughs> they do, they do, they recognize it towards as their bond grows and they start becoming more open and intimate with each other. She's quite upfront. She, she openly admits to begin with, she admits she tells him that her husband says she's a snob. Towards the end, she openly admits it herself. She just comes straight out and says, I'm so mean. So she knows she's yeah. a dick, which is, I guess, yeah. meant to be... Meant, she shows... Meant to be redeeming. Rare self-awareness, yeah. <laughs> yeah. A rare moment of self-awareness. Yeah, so they... Oh, gosh. They, they, they slowly form a bit of a... They form a bit of a bond. Um, they start hanging out from time to time john goes away he goes he's got yeah oh there's a dinner don't forget this dinner scene so the anna faris character who clearly is meant to be like a 2003 um cameron diaz yeah um is is there doing a a promo for the latest action film that she's in and uh she's anna faris and anna faris is generally hilarious um and it's quite funny because um uh, my wife and i amy are are re-watching friends right now we we might have to have a podcast where we discuss friends. And in 2003, Anna Faris is the the adoptive parent of Monica and Chandler's uh, baby. Okay. So she's the person. So she turns up in that. And it's quite funny. So um, in those Friends episodes, uh, they've got her looking quite quite homesy and, and Midwestern and, and, and not very bright. It's a character that Anna Faris right. would play again and again as that not very bright character. Um, but it's quite funny in this, she's, um, they, they dress her up to be quite glamorous and, and quite pretty. Um, and she's in bold colors all the time. Like yeah. that scene where they meet, uh, and there's a dinner where John is going to dinner with the Anna Faris character. I yeah. can't remember her name. And, um, Kelly. that's the second time her Kelly where, uh, where Bob and Charlotte meet for the second time. And they actually have a conversation cause she comes over or she sends, something to his table i think she sends nuts or something i'm not quite sure what was in that jar yeah um but uh there's that conversation that's happening and it's clear that john and kelly 
are having some kind of a connection or at least they bond on whatever level they do and they haven't got any conversation for charlotte which just from a you know well, she's, a, kelly's talking garbage she's talking about about how everybody thinks she's anorexic but she eats lots of food oh that's so I right think, i think they've, but I then think she they've mixes up anorexia with bulimia so yeah. um th- that was the the comment we all made on the couch while we were watching it was um that's that's not anorexia that's bulimia because they're talking about her dad her, she says her dad was anorexic yeah and every time he ate something he would then throw it up and we all just went that's bulimia yeah so i i, I think that's the comedy of that yeah, scene right like unless they just sophia's sophia's told her just just speak as much banal hollywood actress bullshit as you can and that's yeah <laughs> first thing she landed on she had it had it out of the park <laughs> i think it's quite funny because um i clearly identify that character as being cameron diaz um but i um i've read several interviews where sophia coppola has gone out of her way to say that's not cameron diaz and it's like it's clearly cameron diaz, <laughs> <but>. <laughs> um so john so john leaves so around this is around the midpoint um um uh, John leaves and um, Charlotte and Bob run into each other in, in the pool and Charlotte says she's going to she's gonna go out with some Japanese acquaintances and she invites him out. Friends of hers, yeah. yeah. Which which at that point we all just kind of threw stuff up in the air and was like, well, she's got friends in Japan and she's been moping around complaining <laughs> about how lonely she is. She's, she's got these friends <clears throat> that she feels comfortable enough going back to their weird Tokyo flat in the middle of the night. Yeah. Like, where did they come from? Yes. Why wasn't she hanging out with them? Seemingly so. quite close friends. You're right. They're, yeah. Yeah. The, the, the weird Japanese surfer crowd. Like I actually, that was the, the one, the one representation of, of the Japanese people. I didn't, I didn't cringe at immediately yeah. because they were just regular people doing regular things. So yeah. Except there was one dude with an airsoft gun shooting people. So yeah. So that, so that, the scene where they go out in Japan lasts for a, a good kind of 13, 14 minutes. It's the, it's the, mm-hmm. it holds the whole film together because it, it brings the whole thing energy. The rest of it before that, everything before that and after that is half asleep. It's all moving very slowly, which is, yeah. which is cool. It's all taking us time, but they have this, this, this sequence that spans the middle of the movie that that really right. really breathes the life into the movie it's really essential the whole movie hangs around this the energy that that the um that the sequence brings and the the camera's moving they're they're running around they're doing energetic things they're going to different places the lights are bright the music is loud yeah they run and, through a couple of arcades yeah there's, um, there's lots of really yeah. lots of really really cool stuff happens in that sequence it's uh, it's one of the best uh, you know parts of the movie just in terms of the 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 it just it just gives it that gives you that that pick me up to get you through because the second half is mostly the same as the a first bit of a downer it's it's, yeah, it's quite pretty much the same. it's all it's all quite sleepy um yeah lit- dreamlike literally and figuratively yeah i thought it was interesting too because um it's it it kind of culminates in that that karaoke scene and she's wearing the the pink yeah. bob wig yeah. Um, which I thought was hilarious because have you seen um, the movie Closer? No. It's got it, it's it's based on a play. I, I want to say it's a David Mamet. I don't think it is, but um, it's this play and it's about infidelity and and people and and this uh, I, and all sorts of weirdness. I have seen the I've seen it, I've seen it done as a play. I've seen the I've seen right. it on stage. It's a play. It was a play and then it was a film. 
Um, but the film um, has uh, Natalie Portman, and she wears that. She plays the stripper, um, yeah. and she wears that pink wig. So, um, and then we immediately went racing to see if the if, which film came which first. Was first. Which did the yeah, pink, which did the pink bob wig first? Pink bob wig first. So that was clearly something that was popular in the early two thousands because um, it shows up a few times. We just like the pink bob wig. Yeah, and that's there's a weird. I guess that's that brings the 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 sexual tension between the two of them, the romantic tension between the two of them becomes a lot more to a, a to lot a, more real. Their, to a head. Their, yeah. their intimacy is is really. Um, in a, in a short space of time, they become they become very intimate with with one another. Well, she rest, she's resting her head on his shoulder, and um, and they're smoking a cigarette outside. Yeah. probably the most one of the most iconic shots from the film yes. is, is her with him with the t shirt on inside out because she accuses him of having a midlife crisis because yeah. he turns up wearing that weird camo t shirt and then he puts it on inside out. He has her cut the label off the back yeah. so it doesn't look like it's on inside out. And then um, they go out and have a good time. Um, he also yeah, he also but, carries her back to her hotel room. Oh yeah, yeah, he one hundred percent carries her back and puts her into bed. So, so there's a yeah the, the the intimacy gets gets taken up a notch at the at the end of that. So it, it culminates in the raising of the stakes. Yeah, it's clear that something could happen between these two characters. Yeah, yeah. And if I were either if I were the partner to either of those people, I'd be very concerned if I found out any of these, or if I had borne witness to any of it. Yeah, I would be. I'd be concerned. So now that they've so once the, having built that intimacy, they go out to lunch together. She shows him the the thing that's wrong with her foot, and he takes her to hospital, and they have a great time. And that's a real that's that second act, um, kind of uh, turning point where they they re, they really they really bond and they just really enjoy each other's company and, and there's a sense it's it's funny because it, it kind of does does the opposite rather than having a, a darkest moment they have this lightest moment where yeah everything is everything is magical and wonderful wonderful and they're perfectly comfortable and at peace with each other and just enjoying each other's company and then it starts uh, and, and then a, it starts um, to go downhill there's that scene where yeah there's that scene where uh he sends a note to her room saying still away yeah and then she ends up I, i'm not sure whose uh, hotel room they're in whether it's his or hers but they're watching movies in bed and uh she ends up falling asleep well they end up sleeping together but in the physical sense so they they end up falling asleep i think yeah or, or does she go back to her room i don't know either way it looks it looks fairly it looks fairly intimate um and he's holding her foot and um yeah, or, and she's curled up in bed next to him. Although at that point, they also, that's also the point where they have that deep and meaningful conversation, and and they really talk about. She's asking him, "Does it get easier?" And and he he switches from the romantic interest to the mentor, and he's you know gives us, gives her some advice as as best he can about this this challenge that he has, and he and gives her you know the years of experience which. It doesn't actually, and I guess this is on purpose. Doesn't actually answer what answer the question she has because he says to her, "Well, it, it all changes when you have kids." Mm. She's she's twenty two at, at the oldest. She's doesn't no at no point does it become does does she imply that her her um, quandary is about whether or not to have kids. Mm. But that's yeah, that's that point where, and, and in a way that relieves the sexual tension as well because he slips into that into that father that more of a more of a paternal 
father figure, yeah. Or me- well, that's or how that scene turns kind of out figure. without it then just going straight into tearing each other's clothes off. Well, yeah, right? but but they are so. they are in bed. They are having that conversation yeah. in bed. Yeah. So I guess True. that's um, that's you know she's 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 driving that balance really in a really nice way in a really effective way mm. um and then and then so things start to descend from there um at the in the third act he um uh so he sleeps uh, he sleeps with the lounge singer yeah and she finds out do they haven't no he, that's right he has an argument with his wife which prompts him to sleep. Yeah. Prompts him to sleep with the lounge singer. So it's it's not an argument with Charlotte. No, no. He uh, uh, he says he wants to start eating more like the Japanese. And yeah, like he, yeah. And then that shut down. And and then he eventually ends up by going, oh well, whatever's easiest. And then um, goes to the bar and ends up the the bar singer comes up and approaches him. Yeah. Um, in a very very nice Australian accent and g'day mate and um. Uh, the next thing you see is them yeah. him waking up in bed and you can hear her singing in yeah. the bathroom and Charlotte so. and Charlotte's knocking on the door and so so she's she's bitter but again it, it walks that line where it's what do you have to be bitter about it's so so yeah. it, it plays on that there was no commitment there was yeah, yeah there, there was, was no commitment there was no, there was commitment. no implied <clears throat> fidelity or anything like that so it is it is it is another nice you know nice um, angle to take on on the way their relationship is evolving um and then they they go and have a terrible lunch where they argue and he actually so the the this is this is an interesting point because they so they argue but it's a it's a pretty it's a pretty brief argument as arguments go she's giving him a hard time uh about like she says something like at least at least she's closer to your age yeah, the the line is at least she's closer to your age. Yeah, and then he yeah. fought. He fought. You can talk about things in, from the fifties. Yeah, or you can talk about you can talk about growing up in the fifties. So and then he he fire, he fires back um, about what was there no one around to lavish attention on you? Yeah. <laughs> so is it, and that's kind of where that scene ends. That's where the scene um, ends, and I, and I think that's this is an interesting thing that they've done where they don't they have an opportunity there to to raise some home truths about each other she has an opportunity Mm. to have a go at him not for not for betraying her trust because they don't have any they don't have anything but for betraying his wife's trust yeah he has an opportunity but that's not what she yeah and he has an opportunity what are you upset about yeah he has an opportunity to have a go at her for for being an, an educated liberal for having everything and and yeah and still being able to make nothing with it yeah Pol- absolutely Pol- and, and this is a this was a criticism that we because I, I was watching it with with amy and her friend um that the first thing we said was you know amy and i have been to japan and we had a great time uh, and we don't speak any japanese yeah. but you know we made the barest effort to to be able to ask for things and say thank you and goodbye and um and the japanese generally speaking the, the the people of japan were were very accommodating yeah. absolutely lovely at every turn and um as soon as we made the smallest of efforts to communicate they made this they made a huge yeah. effort to communicate in return um and we had a fabulous yeah, time that's right. and we just don't know what the hell um charlotte was complaining about tokyo is amazing so he, and here she is just being dopey and mopey about it we just didn't get yeah, it yeah he um, has a real opportunity to tell her 
pull pull on your big girl pants. You don't have a yeah. you don't have a job. Learn some fucking Japanese. It's like... <laughs> what the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> uh, I just kept thinking throughout this entire thing, going, "Oh, this is two thousand and three, and she's got a philosophy degree. Two thousand and eight's coming in five years' time. Boy, is she gonna get a hard wake up call? <laughs> wait till that wait till that GFC hurts, baby. It's yeah. gonna be bedlam. So, so then there's the so the, there's the ending. There's the the, the the famous ending. They so they make they patch it up. There's a fire alarm and they meet up and they they kind of shrug it off and they meet up. They go to the bar one last time and then they, yeah. and then the, the 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 climax of the film was essentially the the, the their goodbye playing out. Yeah. Um, and, twice and yeah, twice and then there's the the scene where he he rushes up to her. They say they they say they they tame goodbye and then they have the dramatic goodbye where he rushes up to her in the street, embraces her, whispers something in her ear, and plants a kiss on her. Um, well, they have the two awkward kisses. There's I think there's two awkward kisses in the elevator, right? So um, he kisses her. It's once where it's like on on the yeah. cheek, and then she kind of turns into it a little bit, and it's half on the lips, and then there's a second kind of awkward kiss where it's on the lips, and then then there's the kiss in the street, yeah. which is a heartfelt. Yeah, it's not a passionate kiss, but it's definitely an intimate kiss. Yeah, um, it's a and, kiss of meaning. Uh, yeah, and he tells her, uh, and he tells her something that we can't hear and which has sparked never-ending debate oh, um, sure. along 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 with what, what, was, what was in, in Mark Ellis' Wallace's case yeah what was in, in, the, br- in the briefcase and, yeah so um from Pulp Fiction just in case people are wondering what the hell we're talking about but um yeah and and ultimately uh like that it doesn't matter yeah um it's just a MacGuffin it's something that's shared between them and then she says yes and he says yes and um, and then they go their their separate ways, and um, it's very sad, and everyone and everyone's upset. Yeah, but, um, this weird friendship. So, I mean, there you go, lost in translation. Which I mean, as as endings go, like I've no I've no problem with any of that, any of the way that that last that the the goodbye section of the film plays out. I think that's all nicely done. I, oh, I think that's a very sweet scene. Again, it's yeah, it's, it's all it's scene. all performed flawlessly. Um, yeah, beautiful acting all the way around yeah now so well um man we've been talking about this for a long time i didn't realize we've been going that long so we should wrap this up um a couple things so a couple things to mention um so we, we touched on touched on some of the racism that that this man this movie really needs uh some normal it needs no, a pc makeover more needs more <laughs> normal japanese people you can have the out there the crazy japanese but you got to balance that shit out I mean, yeah, I mean, if you're going to make a movie about California, for example, it's fine to put some of that weird California nonsense in a film, but you also need some normal people who are just like, oh, no, those people, they're weird. Yeah. But every Japanese person just about, with the exception of the surfer kind, uh, well, they're the most normal people in the film, her friends in Japan, but even they are a little bit odd. Um, There are no normal people japanese people in this film well the, at all. yeah well the, the, the surfers are just they're, they're just that faces they, they barely get any lines they don't have any role in yeah. the role in the film other than other than as a as a reason for bob and charlotte to go out together yeah oh because then isn't isn't the next night they're um out or she they go out a second time but the second time um, they go to a strip strip bar strip club 
Yeah, and, and Charlotte and Bob really aren't having it. Yeah. And then they sort of abandon them and go off and do their own thing. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, so I guess the... Is that how they wind up back at... No, no. Oh, that's that's the continuation because they go back to the hotel, sorry. And then they go their separate ways and then they end up hanging out in the hotel room. Yeah, so from that's that's the that's the, the story device that, that yeah. gets them that gets them out on yeah. on their own which i guess i guess would be I, I guess they're getting over that kind of well it would be inappropriate for me to just go out with this man yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah uh, bill murray thanking the stripper was funny i thought that was very <laughs> great thank you you're very good <laughs> um oh uh Another... Yeah, but the racism in this film is, is I don't know if it's it's not out and out racism. It, it's it's kind of like that, that that I guess it is racism. I, I don't know. I'm no expert on these things, but at the same time, it's like it's it's one very particular look at Japan, and yeah. it's that weird and wacky Japan. And I've been to Japan. Um, I've been to Tokyo. Is there weird and wacky and just random Godzilla in the street? Yes. Um, are there normal people going about their lives? Yes just doing regular things like you and I would do on a, on a, on a daily basis. And yeah. uh, that film lacks any of that. Maybe the storytellers were Sophia Coppola was just trying to show how isolated they were and how alien they were in this land. Yeah, that's at true. At the same time. Yeah. At the same time, you, I, I feel like you can do that just with the language alone. Um, because it is true. Uh, there is plenty of, when, when my wife and I were there, uh, was, was last year or the year before, and we've got Google and the internet and um, you don't need to, to ask for directions. You can just ask yeah. Google where to go and, uh, and tra- language translation is so much easier to do now because you can just punch it into Google and go, how do I ask for cheesecake? Yeah. And then, oh, this is what it is and show it to the person and they get it. Um, but yeah, I, I feel not like there's so ways in, to do not that. Not so much in 2003 maybe not so much in 2003 but at the same time neither of these people are making any effort to try and fit into a foreign culture either so no and and bob for good reason he's only he's only there to grab the cash um yeah charlotte's charlotte's the one i'm angrier with in that regard yeah um yeah the what else was i gonna say um uh it's gone um there was another movie um that I, I I thought of when I was watching this for the second time, uh, well, series of movies is the before series, um, the before right. before sunrise, before sunset, and before midnight. Um, right. I haven't seen any of them. That, I think we established they're all they're all predicated on something similar to this, where you have a um, uh, man and a woman. Um, they are isolated in a foreign country. They have a brief period of time together. It's not long enough to f- form a, a bit to build a relationship, but right. but they, they they do their best anyway. And uh, is it is it is it uh, are they meant to be? Are they kindred spirits or are they just feeling lonely and um, um, jet lagged? Right. And there's and there's also you know there's there's also a, there's a lot of there's a lot of dialogue and a lot of silence and a lot of a lot of ennui and and you like that word ennui yeah well you don't give that many chances to use ennui you gotta throw the, it out the fourth the fourth time you said it <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll i'll even it out so the ennui uh i i assume ennui is french for what does ennui mean uh, i've said it four times uh, we're even we can stop talking about it now <laughs> wait Wait, I want to get mise-en-scene into this somewhere. 
I did a I did I did one I did a film paper at university like one of these adult learning things after hours and it was like six weeks and um that was the first time i'd come across the the, the phrase mise-en-scene yeah and uh, i was busily writing it down like oh mise-en-scene that that's, that's a film term i've never heard before now i can't now i can't not hear it every time i hear it it's you know it's one of those words you hear for the first yeah. time and then suddenly it's being used everywhere yeah. and um uh, mise-en-scene and the the lecturer the tutor that was taking the class was like the only people who use mise-en-scene our film critics <laughs> and it's like nobody anywhere uses mise-en-scene and i suspect if you were on a film set and someone said oh but how does this play to the mise-en-scene someone would would get a grip to come over and punch you in the face <laughs> and i was like noted yeah next time you're on a film set tell me what sort of mise-en-scene are you looking for? Is this diegetic audio? Boof! <laughs> 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 in the face. Ooh. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, where were we at with this film? Uh, well, um, it's, I, think it's, I think it's still got to give it... It's still it's verging on greatness. It's it's pretty close. There's a lot of stuff to like about it a lot. I think the, I think the casting uh, causes, causes it its biggest problems um script the biggest issue i have is the is the visible age gap between yep um uh sorry her name's scarjo gone out of my head charlotte and bill murray um yeah charlotte and and bob um there is zero things wrong with either performance like they're both great they clearly have great chemistry like the chemistry between them is palpable it's good Um, I, the only the only issue I have is I, I get very uncomfortable about the very obvious age gap between them. And when I went and looked it up, because I figured ScarJo was older, I figured she was 23, 24, 25 when this film was made. Yeah. Nope, 18. She was 18. And uh, Bill Murray was 53. Um, and it's not to say that in Hollywood that doesn't happen all the time. That They frequently pair leading men with uh, much, much younger um hollywood starlet uh I, I don't think there's been a film where the the leading man and the and the starlet have been the same age in forever mm. uh, uh it's just there's always a significant age gap but that that is part of the story and i don't know for me i was really uncomfortable with it i i almost felt like if you had cast an older person in the in the scarlet in the charlotte role um i i was thinking someone like rebecca gayhart or she would have been about 30 something in this film like she could have been newly married she mm. could have had some kind of a career of her own it's just the power and difference between these two characters is, is huge bill murray is a is an is a aged film star especially in the age of yeah. me too he's an aged film star he's got all of the power in that relationship and she has none what yeah. what she got she's got nothing she's got a degree from yale which is nothing to sneer at but um at the same time like what is she bringing to that relationship besides youth and beauty you do so. you do you lose some other elements if you think of it if you think of it which i think it is as ultimately charlotte's story you lose that element of she's at the she's at the start of her adult life if yeah, she's i guess if she's 30 she's already made the decisions that it's important for charlotte to have in front of her it's important i yeah. think it's important for her to be at that at that stage where she's just she's got nothing to hang on to. Her life is just a void. Yeah. Her life is a void. Um, she's got no kids. She's got no job. She's got a husband. She's not really sure if she's in love with him or not. She obviously married him very young. Um, she's got a yeah. They've been married for two years. She's got, she says that she's got a degree that doesn't particularly qualify her for anything. 
Um, nope. So I think I think if you if she's if she's reached thirty, and she's still at that stage, then she's got other problems. So I think it's important <laughs> it's important for her to be that young. I guess if you make him any younger, or you make him like we said earlier, or I said earlier, Bruce Willis, like then then any reason for them not being together and having a romantic happy ending is is lost as well. Like maybe the casting of Bill Murray then is kind of genius in that regard because well, he's not he's not throw you down handsome he's he's um he's he's bill murray he's very very charming but he's not bruce willis who who's a good looking guy that's actually that's no that's actually a really good point and you might have hit on something there and we've gone a bit over time but i i, I think that's that's really insightful because the way the film ends with an ambiguous ending you you know they're probably not going to go back and live the rest of their lives with their spouses i think they're you probably si- both going to diverge off not but they're going to diverge yeah. off but you, you can feel okay with that because of that age gap because they're not they're not really meant to be together they no. just but they need each other to see their own lives so much to get themselves through these periods of crisis in their own lives and so maybe in some Maybe in some weird way, she looks to her future through him yeah. and sees an unhappy life where they're arguing about what IKEA furniture to put in the lounge. And through him, he gets to get some retrospective look yeah. back going, wow, I've done the wrong thing by marrying this person young. Because they've been married for 25 years, he says yeah. that. So um, maybe maybe that's part of the, the how you pull that apart, yeah. is they're both looking back and forward. I don't know. But it's, Maybe there's something in there. But it's the age gap that enables that ambiguous ending. If if he is uh, if he is fifteen years older than her, which even They go off which and is be together. Still a, yeah. still a big age gap. But they go off and be together, exactly. And that's the only way to end yeah. that movie if he's fifteen years older than her. Twenty five years yeah. older than her, they can end they can end the movie how it ends. And it's unconventional yeah, it's unconventional but it's not unsatisfying. And I guess, I guess again, the fact that Bill Murray isn't what you'd describe as a traditionally good-looking guy. Again, if you had a Bruce Willis or or, or even a George Clooney, yeah, that you can't have that ending yeah. because George Clooney could. You, 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 society would accept that George Clooney would marry a much younger woman because when you look at them together, they're both they're both equally attractive. I guess if that kind of makes any sense. Or now, yeah. Brad Pitt, he's in his fifties, so like you could. You could make this movie today with Brad Pitt in the he's Brad Pitt is as old now in um, in 2019 as Bill Murray was in 2003. Mm. And you could cast Brad Pitt in that role. And and if they wound up at the end of the movie, I don't think anyone would be complaining Mm. because, um, yeah, maybe that's why they did it. Mm. Maybe, Maybe there was some smarter casting there than than perhaps I, I was willing to give it credit for. Well, I, I, I still stand by stand by a preference to not have Scarlett in that role, but just, just based on based on the, the, the strength of her conventional beauty, overpowering some so overpower it overpowers so much else of, of what you want to understand about. Yeah, I character. agree with you there. It's hard to see Scarlett Johansson as not one of the most beautiful women in the world. Yeah. Um yeah, and and despite the filmmaker's attempts to make her look dowdy and frumpy, um, it, it's still you're looking at her going, oh my god, she's gorgeous. It's 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 uh, um, 
that teen comedy film from the from the night from the late nineties, early two thousands, where they slap a pair of glasses on an obviously yeah. super attractive young woman and go, "Oh, she's she's the ugly weird one." It's like, no, she's fucking not. She is incredibly beautiful, yeah. and you're lying to me trying to convince me otherwise. I can't remember the it's the one with Freddie Prince Jr. She's all that. I can't remember the actress's name, but she is insanely pretty. Um, and, and everyone's treating her like she's she's dog's breakfast, yeah. and it's like no, no, your world is wrong. If you're trying to tell me this. So. <laughs> okay, we should yeah. wrap this up. We've talked too long. I think you know. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say I reckon this is verging on greatness. It's, it's got its it's got its problems, but I I think it's it's, it's solid. There's a lot there's a lot to like. I like about it. I like this movie more now than I did in 2003. When I watched this in 2003, I I could not understand what people liked about it. Mm. I remember people at the time going nuts for it. I watched it at the Oscars and I was like that it beat Finding Nemo for best original screenplay and I was like that's not on. Uh, how is that possible? Uh, I didn't I, I liked it more now. It, it's wildly problematic in today, today's society. Or in today's times, um, but yeah, that's true. Yeah, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll say it's verging on greatness. I'm, I'm um, gonna, I'm gonna date this. I'm gonna date this podcast here, and I'm gonna say it's, it's a little bit like Justin Trudeau and and Brownface. And twenty years ago, do, yeah, twenty years ago doesn't seem like that much time, but at the same time, the the the, the racism is not that bad either it's not overt i mean it's it's not like they're dropping it's not like the the the, the using you know um pejorative statements about the japanese people they're not running around saying this or that or you know this is for world war ii or or anything like that that none of that's in there at all um and i think for 2003 they probably thought they were being very very um pc uh, but at the same time, I guess by our standards today, I mean, times change. Yeah. Film, I mean, you watch films from the 70s and how they treat minorities and that, or even Friends from 2003. There's not a black person in New York, apparently. <laughs> um, but um, uh, it's really it's really obvious when they when they cast somebody of color in Friends, too. Um, it's like, oh, you've got six white friends. And then occasionally they let a they let a, a minority character in to the fun. Um, but, yeah, I, I think. I think all of that aside, um, the strength of the performances, which are still good today, uh, the filmmaking itself, like um, they do a great job of of shooting Tokyo in a in a indie in an yeah. early two thousands indie film kind of a way. It looks good. It's shot well. The performances are great. Um, the soundtrack is is quirky and fun. Script is solid. Um, script is solid. Um, there's clearly thought gone into every part of this. Sophia Coppola is definitely a better filmmaker than she is an actress um so yeah verging on greatness this is a good film all right so we yeah there is one thing i would just like to point out um that uh, when i was looking into this film just before we wrap it up is um so sophia coppola was married to spike jones when this film was made yeah. and sophia coppola has said that the relationship between charlotte and john is based on her and spike's relationship so spike jones um, Spike Jones would later go on to direct a movie called Her, which would also star Scarlett Johansson as the voice of the AI construct in that film. And the film stars Chris Pratt in a supporting role. So um, Chris Pratt was married to Anna Faris, who is in this film. Um, and uh, Spike Jones would win the Best Original Screenplay of that year. Uh-huh. It was late. It was early early teens. So uh, so and so they both had a Pratt Anna Faris connection, and they both had Scarlett Johansson 
uh, I just thought that was a weird Hollywood connection. Yeah. So, yeah. I should I should yeah. say as well before we sign off. Last time we said we were going to do a New Zealand movie, uh, and we've uh. we've we failed we failed to do that. Lost in Translation is not a New Zealand movie. We did have one. We have one lined up um, that we want to do, but Craig hasn't been able to. F- Hasn't been able to watch it because he doesn't live in New Zealand. I haven't been able to get it in 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 London. So the film, I I don't think I'm spoiling anything when I say the film we were looking to do is Sione's Wedding, which is a New Zealand comedy, but it's called Samoan Wedding on this side of the planet, Um, and it's impossible to find. Um, I've tried both legal and illegal means to get the film, Um, and uh, the best I was able to do was to get a. I think it was a Dutch copy of the film from amazon so but it's in dutch so um (laughs) (laughs) so that might not be happening someone might have to send me a care package from home the nuance of the (laughs) the polynesian humor might be lost if it's translated into dutch (laughs) so maybe we'll have to do another new zealand film uh that is more readily available all right (laughs) i don't know what that film is. we are going to try and do a new zealand film anyway but all right for now let's sign it off my my name's mike Uh, I'm Craig. See you next time. Thanks for listening. Like and subscribe, (laughs) y'all.